This program is presented by the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. Hello, I'm Sarah Gregory, and today I'm talking with Dr. Christian Ducrot, a senior researcher at France's National Research Institute for Agriculture, Food, and Environment. We'll be discussing antimicrobial resistance on family farms in Africa. Welcome, Dr. Ducrot. Hello. Thank you for inviting me. Your article is about AMR on small family farms in Africa. You're in France. How did you become interested in AMR in Africa? Uh, in fact, I've been invited as a editor for a special issue on antimicrobial resistance of a journal on tropical breeding and veterinary medicine. And doing that, I realized that most papers were about the screening for antimicrobial resistance on foodborne pathogens on animals and animal products, and mostly in Africa with high levels of antimicrobial resistance, even on wild animals. Also, there were some papers with interviews of farmers that mentioned a use of antimicrobials without advice and without prudent rules, in fact. So these, uh, these elements uh, kept my attention, and I discussed with other colleagues from CIRAD working on veterinary issues, developing countries, and we decided to investigate this question through already published papers and reports. Are small farms a lot more common than big agriculture there? In fact, what I know from Africa is that small farms, what we could say family farms, are the dominant way of farming. In fact, in Africa, they represent a huge proportion of people living in rural areas. And in fact, intensive farms or more, more productive farms are less frequent, in fact. And all these small farms, they have quite a diversified production with uh, food crops, poultry, livestock. And um, for them, the animals are used either for milk, eggs, meat, but also it's a part of their income or even their saving. And also they use these animals for transportation and, and for manure for as a fertilizer. What is the situation on these family African farms regarding AMR? The big issue for these farms is that in Africa, large territories are lacking an organized system to train and to advise farmers, for example, a network of veterinarians or palavets. So for larger farms, they can handle that difficult situations and they find advice elsewhere. But for small farmers, in fact, they just need to count on themselves to cure their animals without good training for that. And this is the main issue of that question. And we will see that it's important for the question of antimicrobials. Okay, so this is counterintuitive. Family farms, less big agriculture. One would think there would be very little AMR. What is causing this? The main reason is that farmers use antimicrobials without good knowledge of that and without advice. So, in fact, they are going to the market and they buy in you know, open markets like black markets. They, they buy various kinds of antimicrobials, and they use them without good notice of the way they should be used. For example, they can treat their whole flock for prevention and even for 
to promote growth of their animals and not to treat specific animals. They may not respect exactly the dosage. They may not respect the length of the treatment. So all of these elements are very important to increase the risk of resistance to antimicrobials. And what geographic locations of these papers did you look at? In fact, there were no specific location because we analyzed the, all the literature that we got. And there were good papers that collected studies everywhere in Africa, in different places of Africa. And also we had all the papers we found about antimicrobial resistance and also about qualitative interviews of farmers about the way they use antimicrobials. So more common in countries with stronger research capacities because in these countries there were more work done on, on this question. You talked about these papers. How did you gather the data information you needed? Were they given to you? Did you search them out? Reviews already done on that subject. So we went to already published literature, in fact. And also we used the reports issued by the World Organization for Animal Health. In fact, they have a report about mentioning the quantity of antimicrobials that are, that are failed every year. And in that report, they also mention illegal sales and also some undocumented imports of antimicrobials. So we use these reports and also all the papers that we found on the internet. What kinds of livestock are affected by AMR there? You've mentioned everything. Is, is that what it is? If I analyze the studies that we found, they were dealing mainly with poultry, but there are also quite a lot of papers about cattle, sheep and goat, and uh, even pigs, and even sometimes wild animals, because, because it's a bush meat, in fact, and researchers investigated also the resistance of antimicrobials in that bush meat, and they found resistance also in bush meat. How would that happen? Wow. <laughs> I think <laughs> it, <laughs> it means that when you use a lot of antimicrobials uh, on animals, in fact, you can increase the risk of resistance on these animals. And then through the, through the manure, all these resistant genes and bacteria are spreading in the environment and in the water. And then wild animals can get infected themselves the same way as humans also can get infected through the contact with animals that were treated with antimicrobials and that what got antimicrobial resistance. I see. So on that note, explain the chain from antimicrobial use to AMR to AMR in animal food products. In fact, when you use antimicrobials in a non-appropriate way, you are going to increase the, the risk of resistance. Because, in fact, if we, can, if we can make a parallel, the same way viruses can mute and escape, for example, immunity, we can see that for COVID for the moment. And the same way bacteria mute, usually, and some may become resistant to antimicrobial. So you have in the body of the animal, and you, you can just think about the intestine of the animals with billions of bacteria in these intestines. So we, you treat the animal with antimicrobial. So this antimicrobial is in the intestine and is going to kill a huge amount of bacteria. So it's going to kill the bacteria that are sensible to the antimicrobial 
and the bacteria, the muted bacteria that were resistant, they will survive and will be, become very predominant. So this animal will have resistance to microbes in the, in the intestine. It is becoming a carrier of resistance of antimicrobials. And then in the manure, and uh, when you, you touch the animal or in the products and they are at the slaughterhouse, part of this manure will become in contact with meat, with uh, humans, and it can spread like that, the resistance of bacteria resistant to antimicrobials from the animal to the humans or to the environment. That sounds like from touching and breathing, but does AMR impact people consuming these animal products? In fact, when there's a good cooking of uh, products, in fact, it will destroy the resistant bacteria. So no problem if there is a good cooking. But before cooking the, the products, you touch it with your hands. So you can touch, you can get infected in your hands. And there are also some products that you don't cook. For example, you can drink raw milk and, and you can get infected like that also. Ah, I see. Okay. What types of illnesses are antimicrobials used to treat in livestock? Antimicrobials should be used to treat exclusively bacterial diseases. But in fact, as I explained at the beginning, in fact, farmers don't know exactly why their animals are sick and what is the disease. So when they see respiratory disorders, or for example, lameness or intestinal disorders, they are going to use the antimicrobials even if it's not appropriate. So in fact, the antimicrobials, in fact, in practice, are used to treat a huge number of different diseases, even if it's not appropriate, in fact. Okay. Your article mentions that although some studies show that antimicrobial use in Africa is declining, antimicrobial resistance in animal food products is still high. Why do we think this is? Maybe we could stop saying that the decreasing use of antimicrobial is to be confirmed, because for me, it's not sure. Because the antimicrobial use is not measured efficiently, it's probably underestimated, and you can't measure illegal sales. And illegal sales seems, seems to be quite important in developing countries like in Africa, in some countries of Africa. Are there certain animals that are treated more with antimicrobials, such as chickens or pigs or cows, or is it just, <laughs> here's a pill for everyone? Well, in fact, I'm not specialized enough to give you a proper answer. What I know is that they are used for all these species, and I don't know exactly which proportion. In fact, I can't answer you more, more precisely than that. All right. I think we've sort of gone over this a little bit, but do you have more to say about how the illnesses are transmitted from livestock and food products to humans? Yeah, maybe. What I can add is that, in fact, when you have bacteria in the intestine that are resistant to the antimicrobial, and there is a special device, in fact, and these bacteria can exchange the resistant genes with other bacteria, even from different species and different families, through mostly through the, what we call the plasmid. It's a bit of a genome that is carrying the resistance to antimicrobials and it can spread from bacteria to bacteria. So 
it means that when you you have a cardio resistance, it can even go spread further and more efficiently from bacteria to bacteria. So it increases the problem, in fact. Are there certain bacteria that are more resistant to antimicrobials than others? What I can tell is that resistance is mostly studied on foodborne pathogens because it's quite dangerous pathogens for humans. And so they were studied on Escherichia coli, Salmonella, Campylobacter. And on these bacteria, we find quite a lot of resistance to antimicrobials. For the others, I can't tell you exactly. Okay, I imagine veterinary access is scarce, as you said, especially in rural areas in Africa. You talked about the black market. How are farmers accessing and administering these antimicrobial medicines? What I know is that you can find quite easily antimicrobials on uh, markets everywhere in Africa. And uh, they are open markets, open shops, in fact. Even if it's forbidden, because you should sell the, the antimicrobials with a, a prescription. But in fact, in these markets, you can go and buy antimicrobials, whatever you want. So are farmers being scammed into buying antimicrobials that are counterfeit, that are not actually the real thing? Well, well I, I don't know, but I presume that farmers are not aware of the source of antimicrobials they buy, in fact. If they don't know that if it's counterfeit, uh, I don't know that. Probably they don't know. So with these black market ones that possibly are counterfeit, what would be the possible outcomes of using medications to treat livestock that aren't actually the real thing? It may happen that it has no good effect. If, it, if there is a real bacterial disease, it will not treat correctly the animals. This is the one thing. And the other one is that it also mentions that it is increasing the risk of resistance to antimicrobial, in fact, what is said in various publications. What are some other specific challenges that these farmers face? So the main challenge, what I said already, is that farmers are, have little access to good advice. This is one thing. But another challenge is that if the prevalence of resistance to antimicrobials is very high, like it is now, it might result in the restrictive rules for the use of antimicrobials. And you, it would be very difficult for farmers because when they really need an antimicrobial, so they would not be able to get it if the rules are too strong, in fact. So we, we have to keep that in mind also. We have to, to work on the fact that farmers need to have a good advice from veterinarians and they need to get to get access to antimicrobials when they need it very urgently, of course. You mentioned rules. What are the regulations that are in place in Africa for antimicrobial use in livestock? As far as I know, there are regulations that require a prescription made by a veterinarian to get antimicrobials, like in Europe, for example. The problem is that the controls are scarce and the rules are, are not applied on the field. There is also another rule when you use an antimicrobial. It's called the withdrawal period after the end of the treatment. And the withdrawal period is a period at the end of the treatment. During this period, you are not allowed to sell eggs or meat or milk to the market because they are 
still residues of the antimicrobials. And this rule is very important so that consumers don't eat residues of antimicrobials. And I've learned from these papers in Africa that it's not respected most of the time. Africa is a huge geopolitical place, lots of countries and lots of different kinds of politics, not all of them friendly to sharing data and building healthcare infrastructure. The logistics of solving this seems daunting. Are there any ways you see to move forward and begin to solve this? Well, I agree that it seems out of reach, but we need to do something. And we played for various complementary means. First thing, we need very global actions, and we count for that on international organizations such as the WHO or the OIE, the World Animal Health Organization, or the FAO. Because, in fact, for them, antimicrobial resistance is a, is a key issue and a very important topic for public health. So they have a lot of actions worldwide and they can push the states that are not acting efficiently. So this is the first thing. But the second one is that we think that to be efficient, we need also local actions that we expect to enlarge progressively. And these local actions should be done, should be built, involving all the stakeholders, the farmers, and uh, also the, the industries and the organization of, of the farming activities. And they should also include the question of the training of farmers and the advice with veterinary services. And um, third point, because some states are lacking a good support for these actions, maybe we think that we could base also some actions on uh, private support through public-private partnerships, because uh, private companies have an interest in the farming activities, and maybe they can provide an help on the long run just to do that uh, antimicrobials will be used more efficiently, and also to provide advice to farmers. So what are the things we, we think that, are, that could be done? Going back to antimicrobials for a minute, just for clarity, there are instances when they are needed, right? I mean, it's just not completely out of the question to be using them. It's just how they're used, right? Of course, the bacterial um, diseases require the use of antimicrobials if you want to cure the animal. For example, certain infections on the respiratory tract, for example, bacteria called pastorella, or for example, on the odor of the cows. These are just a few examples. Of course, we need, we need antimicrobials. It's very important to keep in mind that farmers need to get access to antimicrobials with prescription by a veterinarian. Of course, it's very important. We've talked about the topic of One Health before in this podcast many times. I think you may have covered this a little bit um, in your previous answer, but can you briefly describe how that approach would be helpful in the case of AMR and family farms in Africa? Yeah, well, I explained already that uh, this antimicrobial resistance issue is, uh, is important for animals, but also it's important for human health because uh, we have the same kinds of problems with the treatment of human diseases. So I think a concerted action between health authorities and agriculture authorities might be a good point to increase, in fact, awareness 
of the society concerning antimicrobial use and also could involve the training of people when using antimicrobials. It's not only a veterinary issue. And also another action could be done also altogether for humans and animals is that questions of the illegal sales of drugs and uh, actions could be done on both sides at the same time, in fact. So these are the points that I see that are deliberately one health issues. And I explained already, in fact, these antimicrobial resistance spread between animals and humans and vice versa and are spreading also to the environment. Was there anything that surprised you when you were looking at these papers about AMR in Africa? I was very surprised to see that level of antimicrobial resistance because, in fact, there is not so much intensive farming in Africa compared to other continents like Asian or European countries, for example. And also there is less density for animals. So I was expecting a lower prevalence of resistance to antimicrobials. And on the contrary, based on the available data, of course, levels of antimicrobial resistance are the highest in Africa compared to the other continents. So I was very surprised. Dr. Ducro, tell us a little bit about your job, where you work, and what you like most about it. Uh, in fact, uh, I am a veterinarian. At the beginning of my career, I was a veterinarian practitioner, and then I moved rapidly to research, and I became an epidemiologist. And why did I, did I do that? Because I wanted to work on preventing diseases, in fact, better than curing animals. And so I became a researcher, and I am a researcher at the National Institute for Agronomic Research in France. And what I like, in fact, is understanding better the reason why diseases are spreading. And after that, what I like is trying to help at finding options, in fact, to control these, these diseases. And what is France like in the fall? What are some of your favorite activities? Is it beautiful right now? I'm living in Montpellier in the south of France, uh, close to the Mediterranean Sea, in fact. And so uh, at fall, it's very nice. And the weather is still very good these days. Uh, pretty cold in the morning, but very warm in the afternoon. And it, it's sunny most of the time, not today. <laughs> and um, because it's becoming a bit colder, the leaves are turning yellow and red. It's very nice, for example, in the vineyards around Montpellier. And uh, what I like to do is uh, hiking and riding my bicycle in that countryside and also along the seaside. Well, these are my activities in the weekends. That sounds beautiful. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to talk with me today, Dr. Ducrot. Thank you very much. And thanks for joining me out there. You can read the October 2021 article, Antimicrobial Resistance in Africa, How to Relieve the Burden on Family Farmers, online at cdc.gov eid. I'm Sarah Gregory for Emerging Infectious Diseases. For the most accurate health information, visit cdc.gov or call 1-800-CDC-INFO.